Uh, Matthew chapter 14 is where we'll be. We're going to start in verse 22. Thankful for God's word. I'm glad uh, that we can hide it in our heart. It will help us. Uh, and uh, if you want to know the secret of memorizing, it's really not that hard. I, I, I actually learned it a long time ago, stopped using it and picked it back up last year. Uh, but all you do, and I, again, I'm not as faithful uh, at different times, but if you if you pick a passage, you know, pick a couple verses, uh, do a short psalm in the beginning. Psalm 1's a good one to memorize. Uh, five times, say it out loud in the morning, five times in the evening, and by the end of the week, you'll have it done. You'll have it down. And uh, what I do is once I get it in my head where I don't have to look at it, I get uh, smoother at it by when I'm in the car, I'll just recite them. So uh, I was telling Brooke the other day on my on my way uh, from home uh, to work, when I go into work, I pass right by the church and I know if I'm going slower or quicker by where I'm at when I go right by here. I can't get them all, but I'm, I'm getting closer uh, when I go by here, depending on uh, you know, the light and everything else, but uh, just keep reciting that, and I'm telling you, it'll be stuck. It'll get stuck in your head, and it's good to have God's Word in your head uh, for times that we need it. But Matthew uh, 14, that was my commercial. Matthew 14, we're going to start in verse 22, uh, a wonderful story about the Lord. I love this passage right here. Matthew 14, 22, and straightway Jesus constrained his disciples to get into a ship and to go before him under the other side while he sent the multitudes away. And when he had sent the multitudes away, he went up into a mountain apart to pray. And when even was come there, uh, he was there alone. But the ship was now in the midst of the sea, tossed with waves, for the wind was contrary. And in the fourth watch of the night, Jesus went unto them, walking on the sea. And when the disciples saw him walking on the sea, they were troubled, saying, It is a spirit. And they cried out for fear. But straightway Jesus spake unto them, saying, Be of good cheer, it is I, be not afraid. And Peter answered him and said, Lord, if it be thou, bid me to come unto thee on the water. And he said, Come. And when Peter was come down out of the ship, he walked on the water to go to Jesus. But when he saw the wind was boisterous, he was afraid and beginning to sink. He cried, Lord, save me. And immediately Jesus stretched forth his hand and caught him and said unto him, O thou of little faith, wherefore didst thou doubt? And when they were coming to the ship, the wind ceased. Then they that were in the ship came and worshiped him, saying of a truth, thou art the son of God. Let's go to the Lord in prayer. Dear Heavenly Father, we thank you for your word today. Lord, I pray that you'd help me to be able to preach. Lord, help us to be able to hear. Lord, fill me with the unction of the Holy Spirit. Lord, I don't know the needs today, but you do. Lord, I don't know who's in a trial. Lord, I don't know who is lost, but Lord, you do. And Lord, I pray the Holy Spirit would touch hearts. And Lord, we would see a victory today. Open up the altar. Lord, push away the, the distractions. Lord, help us to focus on you. And in Jesus' name we pray. And amen. So Matthew chapter 4, this is a long, hard day for Jesus. If you go back to the beginning of the chapter, in the beginning uh, uh, of the chapter, Jesus hears uh, that his cousin John the Baptist had been murdered by Herod, uh, and he is receiving that news. And verse 13 tells us he was going to a desert place. He was going alone to get away, to grieve, and to pray. But like so many times happened, a, a multitude figured out where he was going. They came out of the city. 
cities uh, and they followed him and they were going to that. They were near that desert place uh, and he had compassion. Uh, that's what Jesus always has. Even though he was tired, even though he was grieving, even though, you know, he probably just wanted to get alone like we do from time to time. He had compassion on the multitude and he fed the 5,000. So now John's gospel says they were about to make him king. And what he does is he uh, uh, constrains the disciples to get into a ship and he kind of dismisses the crowd. And finally, Jesus gets uh, by himself uh, and he sent those disciples in a ship to go to the other side ahead of him. And now we get to the passage uh, here and he sent them away and there he's praying. Verse 23, he was there alone, but 24, uh, but the ship was now in the midst of the sea, tossed with waves for the wind was contrary. And the fourth watch of the night, Jesus went unto them walking on the sea. So the disciples, you know, Jesus gets them on the boat, sends them off. Uh, and now John described it as a great wind. Mark said they were toiling and rowing and the, the waves are tossing that little boat. Uh, remember, the Sea of Galilee is not that big, uh, eight miles wide, 11 or 14 miles long. Maybe uh, they're just going kind of a, a, across the narrow part of it. Shouldn't have been that long of a journey. Uh, they get into the boat and the storm comes and that they'd gotten in of the boat verse 24 says when even was come so when evening was starting uh which in that day was 6 p.m uh and now they are rowing and and the the wind is blowing the waves are hitting uh and the sea of galilee just had a the way it's uh there's mountains and then it's really low below sea level those storms could just come right over the mountain and it, it would go from a peaceful water to a raging storm really quick and that's what happened that night and Mark tells us they were rowing. Uh, they were trying to get to the other side until the fourth watch of the night. So from evening starting 6 p.m. to the beginning of the fourth watch of the night is 3 a.m. And if you're not good at math, that's about nine hours of rowing trying to get across the short Sea of Galilee. It shouldn't have taken that long, right? Just to go a few miles. And they're, they're professional fishermen, several of them. Uh, so they're trying to get across, not even eight miles across because they're kind of cutting across there the top of it. Uh, but you think about that. How often do we find find ourselves in a storm, right? How often do we uh, get into the spot where they're at? But you know, sometimes we're in a storm because we're disobedient to the Lord, right? Sometimes he's getting our, trying to get our attention and trying to get, uh, trying to get us back on the right track. You know, the Bible says he chastises those that he loves, uh, trying to, just like we have to steer some kids back into the right track too. That happens from time to time. But here, this was not a storm because of disobedience. This was a storm because of obedience, right? At the beginning, Jesus constrained them to get in the ship and he sent them off knowing he's sending them right into the middle of a storm. They don't know it, but the Lord knew it. And see, we don't know every storm. It doesn't mean we're disobedient. You can't use that as a measure, right? It, uh, it could be uh, either way, but they found themselves in a storm. Nine hours uh, overnight, they're trying to row and row. And then finally, Jesus starts walking to them. Uh, and uh, he's walking across the water from the from the cliff there on our bell. He could have seen them if the storm wasn't there. He could have seen all the way across. He could have seen where they're at, but he's God. He could see right through the storm. He was watching over them. He was praying for them. And isn't that nice to know that even though you and I can't see Jesus Christ, we know that he is in heaven interceding for 
for us. And even we're in the midst of the storm. He's praying for you and I. That's a blessing, isn't that? God knew where they were. He saw the disciples. He saw their fears. He knew how bad it was getting and he was praying for them. But you know what? Mark, uh, I preached this a long time ago from Mark and I, I, something really caught me and really disturbed me is it says, and he would have passed by them. And I thought, now, wait a second. Now, Jesus told them at the beginning, uh, you go to the other side and I'll be, I'll catch up to you. And now that's what he was doing. He's walking to the other side and the storm's still raging. They're still toiling. They're in the middle. They can't get any, they can't get across. They're, they're trying as hard as they can and would have passed by them. And years ago, I asked the Lord, I said, Lord, why would you have walked right by them knowing how bad they were? And the Lord shared with me, he said, Mike, what stopped me? What stopped me? And that's why I was like, my goodness. He would have passed by, but they cried out to him. And I realized, isn't that true in you and I storm as well? Isn't that true with you and I? The storm is raging. We we can't see things. The fear is gripping. Uh, Maybe even the depression and different things like that. And then you're like, I can't make it out of this. And Jesus uh, is passing by really closely. He's not going to intervene until you call on him. Right? Right? He won't intervene, but he he was waiting for that. And I don't think he'll just, uh, because I know my life, he's not just going to pass by one time uh, and then that's it. No, he's going to loop around and pass by again and pass by again until finally we we just drop the pride and just admit we can't uh, fix this ourselves and then call on Jesus. Right? And then I like verse 27. As soon as they cry out to him. But straightway Jesus spake unto them saying be of good cheer. It is I be not afraid. Where do you turn to comfort in the storm? Where do you turn to comfort when when uh, uh, the depression hits and everything else? Where do you turn when uh, when it feels like all hope is gone? Do you turn to this world or do you turn to Jesus? Right. That's what we're seeing right there. You know, Jesus is the only one that can give true peace. Right. And that true peace includes peace of mind. I've been saying that recently. But look what Jesus is telling them. Be of good cheer and be not afraid. But I want you to remember something through this story. The storm does not end until Jesus gets in the boat. So everything in between, the storm is still raging. The wind is still blowing. The waves are still hitting. It's still dark. And he and Jesus is saying in the midst of the storm, be of good cheer, be not afraid. Right? Because Jesus can bring peace in the midst of the storm because he's right there with us. Right? We can ride out the storm with Jesus, just like the three Hebrew children. There he is right in the midst of the fiery furnace. Uh, The furnace wasn't, he didn't turn off the furnace. He was just right there with them. And it made it okay. Verse 28, Lord, er, and Peter answered him and said, Lord, if it be thou, bid me come unto thee on the water. You know, Peter says things before he thinks. He does that a lot. We do that a lot. Amen. Amen. Uh, I don't think he thoroughly thought of what he said to the Lord because he's giving the Lord a test right here. Do you see this? Lord, if it be thou, Jesus, if that's really you and not a spirit, not a ghost, not something else then tell me to come out into the water to where you're at. You see what he's saying right here? That's what he's asking. Lord, if it's really you, 
You tell me to come out. And that's kind of silly because if it was a ghost or something that didn't like Peter, he'd say, sure. And then he'd come out of the boat and drown. Right. So it's kind of silly that he's even saying this. Uh, But then, you know what Jesus does. So Peter is testing Jesus. But then Jesus has a way of testing us, doesn't he? So he says, Lord, if it be thou, bid me to come to you. And what's he say? One word. Come. Come on. You know, he's answering his question. It is me. It is me. But now you come. Step out of that boat. Storm's still raging. Right? It's still going. Yes, I am Jesus. And now I want you to step out of that boat you've been rowing in for nine hours. Right? Step out of the boat you were trying frantically to get to the shore because of the storm. And now he's saying come. And aren't you glad that is the invitation he has been using since the beginning. Uh, Whether you're lost or whether you go all the way to the end of the Bible. uh, Revelation 22, 17. And the spirit and the bride say come. Let him that heareth say come. Let him that is a thirst come. And whosoever will let him taken the water of life freely from the beginning to the end Jesus is inviting and saying come and that's what he's saying but Jesus is giving the same invitation to the saved too to those of us that are saved by Jesus Christ Matthew 16 24 if any man will come after me let him deny himself and take up his cross and follow me you know where Jesus wants us he wants us right where he's at in the center of his will He wants us to dwell in righteousness. Look for him. Stay close to him. Lean on him. Follow him. Serve him. Talk to him. Trust him. All those things. But, see, in those days, on Jesus' earthly ministry, you had to go to where he was at. Right? You had to figure out where he was at and go to him. And that's how you were physically close to him. But I'll tell you what. We need to get spiritually close to him. You know where the closest you can get to Jesus is? His word. You know what else? When you pray to him. This is him talking to you and then us talking to him. Right? When we pray, that's as close as we can get to him. He said, come. And now we're thinking, now, wait a second. If you're Peter, uh uh-oh. I tested Jesus. Now, Jesus said, come. The storm's still raging. Now, if it would have been calm and peaceful, it might have been a little easier to step out of the boat, right? And step onto that calm water that looks like glass. But no, the storm is raging. And Peter steps out of the boat in the Sea of Galilee while the storm is raging. He does all of those things. And think about as he's going over the edge of the side of the boat, he would have felt the waves. He would have felt the the wind and everything else. He would have heard the wind. Uh, The boat's still getting tossed around and, and he goes over the side of it. And the Bible says he starts walking on the water going to Jesus. And, you know, a lot of times we think of how uh, impulsive he is and different things like that. uh, But it took a lot of faith for him to do that. But then verse 31, Peter begins to sink. And Jesus saves him. And Jesus says to Peter, O thou of little faith, wherefore didst thou doubt? See, I got to catch myself, right? See, I, I don't know about you, but I read characters in the Bible. And sometimes I think, well, that's silly. Or I can't believe they did that. 
Or, or where's their faith, right? Where, uh, you know, why didn't he think before speaking? And I had to catch myself. And Peter's an easy target, right? Because he does things impulsively. Uh, but here's the thing. Uh, um, he had a little faith. That's what Jesus said. That little faith was enough for him to get out of the boat in the middle of the storm and stand on water that had never held him up before. Right? Amen. If that is a little bit of faith, What's even more faith do? Yeah. See, I got to catch myself and say, wait a second, would I have even gotten out of the boat? Right. The other 11 didn't, right? You didn't hear the other 11 saying, hey, we would have come out too. No, they're watching. They're watching him. What's going to happen to him, right? That's what we do sometimes too, right? Right? Oh, they're that stepping out in faith. Let's watch them. See if they fall flat on their face. When in all reality, we need to be praying for them and say, you, you need, yes, God called you to do it. You do it. And then follow after them and pray for them and bless them and help them. So they're in the midst of the raging storm. Well, we step out of the boat trusting Jesus when he says, come. So before Peter begins to sink, he takes several steps on top of the water. He was walking to Jesus. He had every intent to get all the way to him. Verse 30, but when the, he saw the wind boisterous, he was afraid and beginning to sink. He cried saying, Lord, save me. So verse 29, he's coming out of the ship, walking on the water. Verse 30, he's beginning to sink uh, because of the waves. And you see a contrast here, right? And verse 29, you see that little bit of faith and he's stepping out of the boat. Verse 30, the storm gets scarier uh, as he gets outside of the boat, right? Verse 29, he's walking to Jesus. Verse 30, the storm is getting in the way right for him to get to Jesus verse 29 he's got peace because Jesus arrived and gave him peace oh but in verse 30 the fear is coming back right because of the storm and it's raging and here's the thing that wouldn't have been an easy trip for Peter right you think about it each and every step towards Jesus Christ would have taken more faith think of, well, wait why because he's getting further away from the boat the storm's still raging. There, I mean, uh, maybe you take the first step and you're like, I can still jump back or I can still swim back to the boat. Now that I've taken a handful of steps and the storm's raging, I may never be able to get back to it, right? I mean, these things start going into your mind. The further I walk away, that boat that kept me alive, now there's no turning back. Another wave could crash against me and I could go under. Uh, uh, you know, I'm tired. The muscles are aching. They've been up all night. The adrenaline, the mind racing, everything else. Here's the thing. Jesus said, come. Why didn't he ask? You know, why, uh, why did he have to ask that question, right? I'm sure his mind was racing. Why did I have to test Jesus like that? Why did I even step out of the boat? Is this storm ever going to end? Am I going to make it? This seems like a real dumb decision, right? Sometimes we say that as we get in the middle of things like this. But I just want to get to where Jesus is. Has your mind ever started racing like that? Started questioning, why did I do this? Why am I here? Where's God at? What, what, am I ever going to get out of this? Is this the end? Mind racing and every step of the way. It's a battle between fear and faith, right? Not just for Peter, but for all of us. The same way, that battle in our mind. Are we going to let the mind uh, and logic and fear uh, uh, win? Or are we going to let faith win? 
And I don't know what happened. I don't know if he saw the next big wave coming in. But he started looking at the storm. He saw the wind. And the fear started to take over. His eyes saw the wind. His faith started to diminish. And it was replaced with fear. And then he begins to sink. And now again, how did Peter get here? He was obedient. He was obedient to get into the ship. And then he was obedient when Jesus said, come. Right? He, he obeyed the Lord. He got out of the boat. You know, he could have questioned. He could have said, Lord, are you sure? Lord, maybe not today. Maybe a different day when everything's calm. But no, just as impulsively as he did things, he impulsively, uh, uh, you know, jumped out of that boat and went towards where Jesus was. They were obedient. That's what got them in the storm. That's what got them toiling and rowing for nine hours. That got them several miles from shore, 3 a.m. with little hope that they'd make it out of life. Then they see what looks like a ghost and they cry out and find out it's Jesus. Lord asked, uh, 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 Peter bids the Lord, uh, can I come to you if it's really you? Jesus says, come. Peter steps out of the boat. He's in the middle of the storm that he had been fighting, walking uh, towards Jesus. And the focus uh, shifted from where the Lord was to where the storm was around him him he begins he gets afraid and the bible says he be he beginning to sink i know we've seen those pictures haven't you where he's all the way under the water and you can see jesus's hand through the water doesn't match what the bible says sorry it's a good picture but it's not true he's beginning to sink just beginning yeah right and what happens he gives the perfect response Peter said the wrong thing time and time again but not this time he cried out to Jesus he's beginning to sink and he says three words you see that he says Lord save me he could have called the other disciples to throw out a life ring right or whatever they used that day or try to come get him he could have tried uh, uh, many different things he tried, could have tried to swim back he could have done all sorts of things or been frustrated or got mad at Jesus but he didn't do other any of those things he said lord save me he cries out to him and that life of faith Right, Just like Peter walking on the water, step by step, uh, trying to obey, trying to trust Jesus, uh, trying to walk towards him, trying to make it where he wants us to be. Uh, And and as, as soon as we start taking our eyes off Jesus, we begin to sink, whether we admit it or not whether we're honest with ourselves or not. But spiritually, the moment you take your eyes off Jesus and put your eyes on something else, you are starting to sink. That's right. And that's the point when we need to cry out to him. When we're just beginning to sink. Right? That's That's what he wanted. Lord, save me. The storm was raging. And here's the thing. Him being afraid wasn't the sin. But if he stayed in fear, it would have been. Sometimes we let fear control us. Fear, let it paralyze us. Let it take over. And then let that fear take you all the way under without calling on Jesus. Without going to him for help. That's the problem. He took his fear from the storm and placed it back on Jesus. Cried out, Lord, save me. And guess what? Peter got to do something none of us have gotten to do. Nobody else has gotten to walk on the water. Like Peter was able to. I don't know how many steps. And then walking all the way back with Jesus. 
But he put his faith into Jesus. He obeyed Jesus. He stepped out of the boat. And here's the thing. We just need to put our trust in faith and not fear. Because when we put our trust in fear, we'll miss out on things. Right? If Peter would have said, no, Lord, not today, he would have never gotten to experience any of that. And same thing with you and I. When he calls us to do something, we say, no, not right now. It's not a good time, right? I've got other priorities. I just don't feel like it's right. I, I'm not equipped enough or whatever the excuse is or, or whatever we, we try to tell the Lord, no, we are missing out on things that you can't get back. Right. Now, he'll, he'll forgive you for those things and he'll, he'll, uh, you can pick up your cross where you laid it down, but you cannot go get the rewards you, pa- you passed over by not doing what God wants you to do. You can't. That time is gone. He cries out when he's beginning to sink, Lord, save me. And Jesus said in verse 31, I told you so. No. What's it say? Or maybe he waits. Or maybe he just ignores Peter. That's what we think will happen. That's what the devil tries to convince us. But no, as soon as he says, Lord, save me, verse 31, and immediately Jesus stretched forth his hand and caught him and said unto him, O thou of little faith, wherefore didst thou doubt? Jesus saved him immediately when he cried out to him. Romans 10, 13, for whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. There's no waiting period. There's no you pray to him and then it goes to a committee. Like sometimes at work, you you need something and it goes to a committee or something like that. No, as, as soon as you cry out to Jesus Christ, there he is. Whether you need him to save you of your sins and you trust in his death, burial, and resurrection, whether you do that or whether you're saved and you've uh, taken your eyes off him, you're starting to go under, fear is setting in, and you cry out to him, immediately, he says, immediately, he grabs on. The storm's still going, by the way. Right? Still going. What do we pray a lot of times? Lord, stop the storm. No. He wants us to say, Lord, save me. Lord, help me. Lord, pick me up. Lord, let me keep going. Even if the storm doesn't stop. Lord, save me. That's what he wants. That's what we need to do. Because whether or not the storm keeps going doesn't matter in this story. right. Right? As long as he's with Jesus... Right? And they walk. Jesus catches him, picks him back up, and they walk together to the boat. Right? Did he fall again? No. Because he was right next to Jesus. Hold on to Jesus. They got back to the boat. And then when they got into the boat, the storm was calmed. You know what he wants to do? He wants to help you where you're at right now. And he wants you to call on him through the storm, through the good time, and everything in between. And then he gives him the lesson. After he helps him, he's not like us. He doesn't give the I told you so first and then helps. He helps and then he gives him a lesson, which helps us to realize, O thou of little faith, wherefore didst thou doubt? And this is what he's saying. Why are you doubting me when I'm right here? 
right? That's what he's saying. Why are you doubting me when I told you to come to me? Right? Why are you doubting me? I, I told you to come. Why are you doubting that I couldn't get you from there to here? Let that sink in. Let your faith guide you instead of your fear. That's what he's saying. Why are you doubting? Take that little bit of faith. It's enough to get you all the way to me. Amen. That was enough. Then we can ask more questions. In this statement, he's asking all sorts of things to Peter. How big of a storm does it have to be before it's too big for me to handle? Right? And here's the thing. What we need to do is we need to learn from our storms. That's what we need to do. Call on Jesus. Let him help you through it. And then learn from it. What do we learn? We learn Jesus was right there. Right? We learn uh, that Jesus was praying for us. Jesus was helping us. It wasn't as bad as we thought because he was there with us. When we called on his name, remember how he responded. Remember how that storm drew you closer to Jesus. Remember how it increased your faith. Remember that when you began to sink and you called on him, he rescued you. Remember those things for the next storm. 32, and when they were coming to the ship, the wind ceased. They that were in the ship came and worshiped him, saying, of a truth, thou art the son of God. So now it gets to the hard part of the message. Are you sinking right now? Are you? Are you sinking? Like Peter was. What's causing you to sink? What is it? Is it a relationship? Is it money? What is it? Is it some kind of temptation you're battling with and failing? Is it some desire for material things, career? What, what is it? Is it fear? Is it the unknown? Is it a big decision you have to make? What, what, what is this thing? Is it the cares of the world that the Bible says are like thorns that will choke you out if you let it? What is it? What's causing you to sink today? You know it. What is it? And think about it. Has it caused you to take your eyes off Jesus Christ? Has it? You had your eyes on him, but now whatever's going on has made you turn your eyes. You're sinking. Like I said, you may realize it. Sometimes we don't realize it until we're all the way under, but you're sinking. You used to be standing on top. You used to be walking towards Jesus. You used to have your eyes on him. Now your eyes are other places and you're starting to sink. Guess what? Everyone on the boat could see Peter was sinking. And a lot of people that love you can see you're sinking too and you won't admit it. Yeah. What's choking you out? What's feeling like it's going to pull you under at any moment? What is that? And then ask yourself, is Jesus greater than that? Amen. Can he help you with that? Is his arm too short that he cannot save? No. Right? right? Is he near to the brokenhearted? He is. The Bible says these things. He's right there. He's listening. He's watching. He's waiting. And in fact, as they're toiling and rowing, the part that I love about the story is that well before they even knew it, Jesus was already walking on the water headed their way. And that's the way we are. Many times we're like, I can't make it another day. And what we don't realize is through the waves and the darkness and everything, Jesus was just right there. He was about to pass by. And hasn't it been that way in our lives many times? He's so close. You know what I say? Don't give up. 
but don't try to do it on your own. This world says, do it on your own. Pick up yourself. Do it yourself, right? Try harder, work harder, get stronger. Stop being a baby. They say all these things, right? Wrong. Realize we need Jesus Christ more than we ever admit. We need him. Turn to him. Cry out to him. That's why he passed by. He could have gotten to the other side a million different ways, but he said, I'm going to go right by where they're at because they need me. Listen, there's not a lot of people that travel through here. Yeah, this is a bigger road here, 229, but it's not a huge road. But isn't it amazing that right here in this small church surrounded by fields, the Holy Spirit can just pass right by. I believe he's passing by right now. What's he waiting on? Just call on Jesus' name. Right? Whether you're lost, you need him for salvation. Whether you're saved, you need him just as much as Peter did because you're about to go under. You need him today. I'm going to open up the altar.